Coming up on Golf Today, the Hero World Challenge is underway in the Bahamas. Big names enjoying some December competition. Plenty of birdies available. Eagles, too, for the best players in the world. And how about the year that was? Was 2022 actually good for golf and golf fans, even with the lawsuits and the bickering? John Rahm has some thoughts, and they may surprise you. And caddy turned broadcaster John Wood joins us from Albany for his thoughts on the hero. We're pulling all the right clubs on golf today. Golf today. Look at the range at Albany Resort at the Hero World Challenge is officially underway. Pretty spot most days, but blustery and drizzly so far today. The first tee time of Cameron Young and Tom Kim got started just moments ago. We'll bring you some live updates and highlights and go out to the range throughout this show. Hope your Thursday's off to a fantastic start. Damon Ack alongside Eamon Lynch of Golf Week Magazine. We have made it to December 1st. Does that mean the tumult of this year is over? No, because oh. the island vibe doesn't seem quite as chill as you would think this week. You know, you've got uh, still sniping going on. You have players' meetings going on. You have Tiger hooking the shark. You've got the official World Golf rankings being argued over. The only place where guys can actually chill is inside the ropes out here. But it's interesting to see Tommy Fleetwood standing on the range. A couple of days ago, Paige McKenzie was asked on this show, if it's windy and it's wet, who are you betting on? It's the one guy on the range is the guy she mentioned. He Tommy can Fleetwood. handle the win. And thank goodness we have golf to talk about inside the ropes. We have some tee times for you. 20 of the best players in the world. In fact, 17 of the top 25 are in this field. You see the first round tee times. As mentioned, Cameron Young and Tom Kim pairing already on the golf course. Billy Horsel and Sung J M to follow. We'll have highlights throughout the show. This field is fantastic. It'll be a lot of fun golf to watch later. This afternoon, Todd Lewis joins us now from the Bahamas. Todd, give us an update, first of all, on the weather. Yeah, we just had a significant shower that passed through Albany and dumped some more rain on this golf course. Over two inches of rain has fallen here at Albany in the last 36 hours. So this golf course is very soft, and because of that, Definitely for the first round, they will be playing the ball up, lift, clean, and place. Don't be surprised if that continues not only through today, but tomorrow as well, and maybe through the weekend. We'll just see how much rain we get. It is uh, in the forecast for some more showers today and tomorrow. And by the way, interestingly, Tiger Woods, as we know, is not playing the Hero World Challenge. But last night at the Pro-Am party, he told the players that were there, he's like, I may not be playing, but I do have influence on the setup so he can have discussions with the PGA Tour in regards to setting up this golf course here this week. You mentioned not in the field, but clearly it's safe to say that his presence is still being felt. In what other ways would you say that that's true? <laughs> Well, he is the greatest player of this generation. He is hosting this tournament. That's why 15 of the top 20 in the world are here competing. And let's talk about a first-timer here at the Hero World Challenge, and that is Tom Kim. It's been a year of firsts for him. He won for the very first time on the PGA Tour at the Wyndham Championship, added another win in Vegas this fall, uh, played on the President's Cup team for the first time, representing the international squad, and he is, like I said, playing here for the first time. But a big first for him that was very significant happened earlier this week. He got to meet Tiger Woods for the first time, and he talked about that experience. It's really cool. Um, you know, from where I was six months ago to play in this event, it's, it's amazing. And um, I got to see Tiger 
officially for the first time yesterday and um, it was really really cool to kind of talk to him and kind of just reliving the thing of what what was going on six months ago to now so it's really cool and um, it's, it's kind of fun for me. What was the highlight of the interaction? I got, I got kind of nervous playing that hero shot thing like it was kind of funny like cause obviously you know I, I've been playing the Presence Cup and everything you know the pressures you kind of learn from there but for some reason I was like kind of nervous and uh, but just being around him and kind of feeling the presence of Tiger Woods is kind of the cool thing for me. Did he say anything that stood out to you? Um, not really. We just had some kind of small small talk and conversations, but um, I'm kind of waiting for my opportunity to kind of ask him some, some questions. <laughs> You're Tom Kim talking about the hero shot. That was an exhibition that happened on Tuesday where players in the field were hitting a target in the water. And yes, Tiger Woods was there on stage watching each and every shot. Because of the weather, though, Tom Kim hasn't seen this entire golf course. He hasn't seen holes six through nine, but... On his bag is Joe Scovran, who is Ricky Fowler's longtime caddy before making that transition to Tom Kim. Ricky played here quite often at Albany. He knows this golf course, so he will lean on Joe Scovran here in this opening round. Gotta love Tom Kim, his energy and his smile. T. Lou, another <laughs> guy playing for legacy is John Rahm. How would you describe his state of mind this week? I think he's a very confident player. The last four starts all coming on the DP World Tour. He did not finish outside the top five. He won two of them, one in his home country of Spain, which comes with pressure, and his last start, which was the DP World Tour Championship. John Rahm has been in the middle of this PGA Tour live golf discussion because of his stature on the world stage. But he said adamantly yesterday in his press conference that money is not his major motivator. Listen, I'm in a very, 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 very privileged position in life. I'm no one to be thinking about money. Luckily, I've played really good golf and I've had the platform to earn more money that I need. So, uh, and obviously when you start playing this game, you know if you play good, you're going to end up making money and, and be able to take care of yourself. But uh, it's not why I started playing. Uh, it's not the reason why I play. So while I'm doing my schedule, while I'm practicing, and when I'm getting my things done, Money is not really on my mind. If, if it was, I probably might have gone to live, right? Uh, if money is your goal, that's clearly the path to go down. So um, I, don't think, I don't think about it. It's not, I don't let financial reasons, or golf-wise at least, I don't let it make my, my decisions, right? Uh, every decision I make when it comes to golf is to become the, better, the best player I can become. John here we're in the Bahamas with his wife Kelly and their two kids kind of a working vacation for John Ron but he is focused he really would love to have a good showing here win this tournament again he is a past champion which he hopes will springboard into a great 2023 he was a little disappointed in how he played at the major championships this year but he has had a solid season as I mentioned winning twice on the DP World Tour and also winning in Mexico on the PGA Tour guys Todd Lewis on the ground in the Bahamas hopefully the rain will let up now speaking of John Rahm he's continued yeah. to express his fealty to the PGA Tour but during his Wednesday press conference he also acknowledged the impact he believes the rival tour has had and I think on this side of things, we should be thankful that Liv happened. I don't know if those changes would have happened if, if Liv wasn't in the, in the picture. So to an extent, yeah, we should, be we should be thankful. I don't think it was a bad year for golf. Yes, there is a little, this certain division, but I think we're moving forward. I think the fans are getting, however you want to look at it, in one side or the other, you're getting a different product, right? So 
change can always be exciting. And like I said, on this side, a lot of the changes we owe to the appearance of Lyft. So um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just hope the negative, let's say, feel that this whole thing has, right, the animosity goes away. I don't think there needs to be a lawsuit. I don't think each side needs to be saying anything negative about each other, right? Uh, if you want to try to coexist, coexist, and Lyft can do their thing, and the PJ2 can do their thing. But, uh, you know, I just don't, don't see the whole point of them saying something bad and then the PJ to respond in a way. When I mean them, it can be players, it can be Greg Norman, it can be anybody that's on that side, same as here, right? So um, that to me is just a bit, of, a bit of a waste of time, right? It's just live, exactly, I mean, they're going to do whatever they want, and on this side, we're going to do whatever we want. So at the end of the day, I think the fans are coming out on top. There's an old saying in the newspaper business, if it bleeds, it leads. If something is salacious or violent, you put it above the fold on the front page. Professional golf has had a lot of bleeding this year. Is John Rahm correct that it's been a good year for golf? I don't think so. It's been a good year if you're, you know, one of the top players in the world, ultimately. He's not wrong about that. In that sense, these are the guys who will benefit from this reorganization of golf. If you're outside of that rarefied air, then probably not so much. But, look, if you get a grotesque infection that brings you to death's door, you give thanks for the learnings that came from it if you prioritize a different way of living. You don't necessarily give thanks for the infection mm. itself. And that's ultimately what, what's happening here. What we've learned this year are that the PGA Tour needed to change in a lot of ways, that it was culturally and corporately complacent, that it wasn't doing the best job for players, wasn't doing the best job for fans. But we shouldn't give thanks to that realization to despotic regime that has amoral supporters in the world of golf. If there's gratitude to be given, it should be given to the people who stayed and fought for the PGA Tour to be reformed, not to those who kind of used it as a pretext for their own personal enrichment. I don't think it's been good for golf or the golf fan. I think it's been a, a talked-about year outside of Tiger Woods, you know, Ryder Cup, Jordan Spieth in 2015. I've never been asked more about live golf and what's going on in professional golf from family, friends, acquaintances, total strangers wanting to know what is going on in professional golf. If that's the metric, it's been an unbelievable year for golf because people are talking about it. But I don't think it's good in any way where you have the best players in the world on the PGA Tour and a subset of other fantastic players and Cameron Smith and, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Patrick Weed and on and on on a completely different tour, poof, on your YouTube, and that's about it. I don't think how you can see that as good for golf or the golf fan. No, it's definitely... I don't think it's good for the golf fan at all, but don't you think there's this overwhelming sadness among golf fans that all you hear about these days is money? It's mm. the only subject. And it doesn't matter what tour you're talking about. The PGA Tour is as guilty as Liv is of this right now, that the focus is on money. And I don't buy that fans of a sport want to hear about money. They don't talk about what the players earn. They talk about how they perform, how they underperform, what they deliver, what they don't deliver. They don't care about the money. Right now, there's a perception that people who play for a living, that's all they care about right now because that's certainly all we hear about. Yeah, and I don't think the fan is, is naive to think that money doesn't matter, but it's the little kid in you that wants to believe that you're playing for passion. You're playing to, to have mastery of a sport or of your, your task, your chosen endeavor to become great, to chase records, to leave a legacy, and that the money comes from that. It's, it's the good things come after the work that you put in. It's not, you know, 
hopefully front and center as it has been. I just wonder if this is going to continue to be the talking point in 2023. Because even with the changes that we're seeing coming to the PJ Tour, it sure seems like we're still somewhere in the first or second quarter in this game. I think you can assume the noise is going to continue around it. The, the fan experience is definitely going to be getting mm. better just by virtue of the fact of these elevated events where you are going to see the best players in the world go at each other week after week. And that starts in the first week of the new year, the Century Tournament of Champions out in Maui. And we're going to see these guys go head-to-head -head a lot more often than we have in the past when it was perhaps a little bit more piecemeal mm. out there. So I, I do think the fan viewing experience gets better, but the noise around the game, the, the sniping, the litigation, yeah. uh, the back and forth, I, I'm, I don't see that going anywhere for a while right now. There's still some ways to go in that battle, but hopefully the fan can actually tune it out a little yeah. easier. Nobody likes the big ring. Hopefully that gets a little bit quieter in 2023. We'll see. Well, somebody we don't want to be quiet is John Wood. He's on the ground at the Hero World Challenge. We're going to check in with John next on what has been a strange year in this game. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More from the Heroes. Welcome in former PJ Tour caddy and now Golf Channel on-course reporter John Wood. Woody, good to see you. The vibe around this event is always relaxed, but there are world ranking points available. What role does a caddy play this week, making sure your guy is relaxed but also focused and ready to go? That's a great question. You know, you've got to keep your man interested. Um, not to say they're disinterested, but maybe they haven't prepared as normally as they have you know, for a regular tour event or for a major. Um, you make sure he's ready for the golf course, the winds, the wetness that we're going to have uh, this week, uh, dealing with all that. So you really want to treat it as a caddy, almost just like a regular event, so he doesn't mentally check in with you and you act relaxed or something like that. You want to be on point, especially early in the tournament. Make sure he knows it's the real deal. John, this is typically one of the more relaxed weeks on tour, but it doesn't feel so from a distance this time around with player meetings going on. There's some public sniping going on. Obviously, Tiger's comments about the broader issues in the game. Are you sensing that there are still those simmering discussions going on among players this week, that the, the vibe isn't as chill as perhaps it has been in years past? You know, I haven't gotten that sense. That's not to say it's happening, but... Um uh, it's certainly a more 
in, people are more talking more about other things than golf. Usually at this event, people are talking about Tiger and the event, the upcoming holidays. Um, but yeah, there is a little bit more tension here just about what's going on. It feels to me like the players here are more settled in their decisions and their reactions to everything right now. They know what's coming forward. They know where they're going to be. Um, so I don't sense that there's a lot of trepidation, um, but it's definitely a little bit, uh, the volume's turned up just a touch this week than what it usually is. Well, part of that volume has been from John Rahm. He said yesterday 2022 has been good for golf and the golf fan that PGA Tour players should be thankful for Liv. What is your take on what he had to say? I understand what he's saying. Um, and in some sense, I think he's right. I think um, the fact that the best players in the world on the PGA Tour are going to be playing together more often, I think is a very good thing. Um, I think uh, when, 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 Damon, you touched on in the last segment I was listening, and when these players grew up and they're on the putting green at 12 years old, I don't think anybody sat there and said, this putt is for $3 million. They always said it's for the U.S. Open. It's for the Masters. It's for the Open Championship. It's to win the Ryder Cup. I feel like players are going to turn their attention away from that kind of the money that's been so much talk about. And do you want to be a play for money or do you want to be an historical figure in this game and I think now that things are, are settling down a little bit I feel like that's going to the focus is going to return much more to that than it is money and a strange strange year on the PGA Tour and in this game John is there one story or one moment during your travels this year out there that is going to stay with you for 2022 as this year winds down Absolutely, Eamon. Uh, to me, the story was Rory McIlroy. Um, obviously, he played great golf, but throw that aside. Um, early on in this beef, he took this discussion on his shoulder. He took the responsibility for the PGA Tour. He was out first. He was the loudest and most continuous supporter of the PGA Tour and how things are done out here. Um, to take all that on voluntarily, nobody made him do it. He took it all on and became the leader of that this movement to stay on the tour and prop up the PGA Tour, make sure it was the best in the world. To take that all on voluntarily and still play the kind of golf he played to win the FedEx Cup in the end, uh, to me, that's going to be the, 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 the lasting story of this year. Another tour advocate, of course, Justin Thomas, tees off just afternoon. He holds himself to an extremely high standard. Woody, as you know, self-critical even in winning a second major. How much do you view him through an old-school lens that he could have played in any generation and wanted to mix it up? In every way, I consider him old school. You're right. He is he is out here for one thing, to win golf tournaments, period. The money will come. He knows great golf, the money will come. He's not concerned with that. Talking about wanting to be a historical player, that is the definition of Justin Thomas. He wants to be remembered as one of the greats. Um, and he will do anything he can to beat you. Uh, he's totally committed. He works hard. And he's got that bulldog attitude where I might not have my game today, but I'm going to find out a way to beat you. And don't you forget about it. So, it, you know, not only that, but the way he plays the game, he's so old school. One of the few players today who's not afraid to shape shots, low, high, left to right, right to left, spin it, take some spin off it. Um, a lot of players today is, is, is full bore on every swing and they can play great golf with that but Justin's willing to hit more shots than anybody else out here so in every way I, I consider Justin Thomas to be an, an old school player including his caddy who's uh, very old school as we know. <laughs> John we see guys warming up behind you there on the range at Albany the, the conditions are obviously a little bit unpredictable with the rain coming and going the wind out there is there anyone you've got your eye on that isn't really getting their due in terms of attention this week? 
Boy, anybody that's here, I think, is getting their due. If you make it to this event, obviously you've had a great year. Um, the first guy I would look at, obviously, is Tony Finau. I don't think there's a hotter golfer in the world right now. Won three out of his last seven events, won in Houston convincingly. Um, obviously, his game's been sharp. Um, Another guy I would look at who I wouldn't say is not getting his due is Tom Kim. The reason being, um, this time of year, a lot of guys are a little run down, a little worn out, ready for the holidays and get a little rest. Tom Kim is so young that every week is a major to him. So I think he shows up every week with a lot of energy, wanting to beat guys and telling himself, boy, if I could beat the guys in this field, I would really make a statement. So uh, those are two guys I would really want to watch this week. I love that. And, you know, this time of year, players are also still trying to get better, tinkering with clubs and putters. How do caddies get better over an offseason? Uh, we typically will go uh, out to football fields, make sure our yardage steps are exactly one yard, not a yard and two inches, not a yard and three inches. Uh, we'll stand out at, uh, with, with weather barometers, make sure we know the wind directions. Of course, I'm joking about all this. <laughs> uh, no, off-seasons for caddies are truly off-seasons. Uh, we don't have to work on a lot. Um, but if anything, I would say guys work on their fitness a little bit. You get run down throughout the year, back gets sore, maybe don't stretch as much as you should. Um, but it, this off-season time is it, used more for physical things than anything else make sure you're stretched out make sure you're ready for the long grind that's coming ahead this year you gotta do some goblet squats you know some leg exercise goblet you have in your hand is a wine goblet not, Damon. Uh, we both know that that's not wrong woody it's always an education man enjoy the week back on golf today back in may was justin thomas who won that playoff of will zalatoris to win his second major and second pga championship this one Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. At Southern Hills, trailed by seven shots, you recall, entering the final round. This is 15th PGA Tour victory. Now, take a look at JT's results. Through the PGA and after the PGA, very different story. A little quiet after hoisting that second Watermaker Trophy. Just two top tens compared to seven top tens prior to the PGA. Here's JT on his year. I mean, I had a very solid beginning of the year. I think I had, I don't know, I had a handful of top threes or top fives, but it's just a lot of my best play was prior to the PGA. So I think if you took beginning of the season to PGA, I would argue that I played better than anybody. I would say that, yeah, a lot of, not a lot, but more people had more wins than I did. But in terms of 
playing golf, I felt that I was playing just as well, if not better than anybody. But unfortunately, that doesn't really get you trophies or points or money. You have to go out and you have to execute the shots when you need to and hit the shot and make the putts and make the mental decisions, all that. And I just wasn't doing that as well last year. Um, it is tough. I've gone back and forth because, yeah, as a whole, if you just first thing that comes to my mind when I think about the year, I think it was pretty average. But I won a major championship. And, um, you know, if you told me every year the rest of my career, I'd, I did what I did last year, um, it, I'd be hard-pressed to not take that. But me knowing what I feel like I can do and win multiple times a year, that part's frustrating. But I have to try to look at the positives and, and realize I won a major championship and, and had a lot of good things happen. There's always been a, a question of whether it can be a great year without winning a major. And I think Tiger once said, if you've won a major, regardless, it's been a great, great year. year. Agree or disagree? If he says it, then I'm, yeah, it's a great year. He's, he's done it all. So I'm, it was a great year. Just it wasn't average. It was great. Justin Thomas always holding himself to an extremely high standard. Getting ready for his 12.06 p.m. Eastern tea time alongside Sepp Straka. Todd Lewis rejoins us now. T. Lou, been a busy stretch for Justin Thomas. <laughs> Off the course as well. As a matter of fact, this is his first tournament as a husband. He recently married his fiance Jillian. Best man in that wedding was Jordan Spieth. One thing that Justin wants to work on moving forward is not anything mechanically, but it's more mentally, and that is not to be hard on himself, as hard on himself, I should say. You heard him touch on that in the press conference. And you, and you can make the argument if he's not hard on himself, he wouldn't be an elite player like he is right now. So he's trying to find the balance there and find the patience. And Damon, as we know, patience is not only an asset on the golf course, but also in marriage as well. So we wish JT the best. <laughs> yes, we do. T. Lou, fantastic report as always. And, and that sweet spot of, of being hard on yourself but not overly hard on yourself really was the story of that second PGA championship on that range, Eamon, on that Saturday. Bones Mackay, his caddy, said, you know, JT, you got to stop being so hard on yourself. And he kind of let go a little bit, took his foot off the gas just a little bit, stopped beating himself up just a little bit, and found his way to a second major championship. There's nothing more old school than playing majors the way Jack Nicholas did. And Jack may have won 18 majors, but he didn't win 18 majors. You know, mm -hmm. enough guys wobbled. And Jack knew they would wobble, and Jack waited for them to wobble. JT played a great final round at Southern Hills, but he put himself in a position to get in the rearview mirror of the less experienced guys ahead of him and wait until they wobbled and be opportunistic when the opportunity arose. But I think what's been more of an issue for JT this year in terms of frustration is the inconsistency. And there's no greater evidence of his inconsistency than the fact that he started the year as number eight in the World Golf Rankings. He's won a major, and he's still number eight mm. in the World Golf Rankings. And that, to me, suggests that what we're seeing in between, the, the highs is, is fairly mediocre by the standard that he sets himself. And we've seen only two top tens in his last nine worldwide starts. We may see a little rust from him this week. He's only played once since the Tour Championship back in August. And that was a tie for 40th at the CJ Cup at Congaree. So what we see from JT this week could be something of a mixed bag. Yeah, he finished tied for fifth in each of his last two trips to Albany. And that's why I asked John Wood the question about could Justin Thomas have played in the 1970s or 80s because he has that old school 
outlook, the way he goes about his business. When he was number one in the world, he said, I, I barely you know, had a cup of coffee with the number one ranking. It was a few weeks. He was almost embarrassed by the fact that he didn't hold it longer. Uh, when he had that famous soundbite about wanting to make his friends quit golf, that's how badly he wants to beat them, even if they can be buddies off the course. And I think even in this early part of his career, he hasn't even hit, you know, the sweet spot that used to be in the, in the early 30s. He's still learning things and trying to figure out to go the, the long view and, and to learn how to, to not burn too hot. And I think that's been one of the great assets to having Bones McKay on his bag. And among the players on tour, he seems closer to his Jupiter neighbor, Tiger Woods, than any other. And you see that same competitive fire and... I think it's by osmosis. JT is taking in a lot of the, the attitude that Tiger used to exhibit in his prime. Yeah, Dustin Thomas tees off at 12.06 p.m. Eastern time. He's played well at Albany. The guy who won it last year is Victor Hovland of Norway, a three-time winner on the PGA Tour at the age of 25. Got it done last year, Eamon. We're noticing a theme with this player. He likes the resort course. He likes the tropical climate. Of course, a winner at the Puerto Rico Open in 2021 at Mayacoba in 2020 in 2021. And this not a, an official PJ Tour event, but he got a victory last year, chasing down the likes of Colin Morikawa and holding off Scotty Scheffler's late push. How about this player, someone who's been very open about his short game struggles, but is such an elite ball striker that occasionally able to get away with it? Yeah, it's, it's easy to forget just how high Victor Hovland was. Not even a year ago, but even six, eight months ago. You know, he won the BMW in Europe last year. Then he won Mayakoba. Then he won the Hero in his next start. Then he won Dubai on the DP World Tour to start this year. He, he was fourth at Riviera. He was second at the Arnold Palmer. He was top ten at the players. You know, he was riding pretty high. He got to number three in the official World Golf Ranking. Right now, he's number 12. And, you know, he's, he hasn't done much in the second half of the year. He put himself in position with Rory McIlroy with that tied at the top of the four-stroke lead of the final yeah. round, St. Andrews. Didn't really get anything going on Sunday. But in the eight starts since then, you know, he's just, it's been a pretty middling run mm -hmm. for Victor Hovland. Shown a bit of life lately, though. You know, he managed a top 10 in the defense of his title at Mayakoba. He was top five over in Japan at, at the Zozo. Uh, a little while ago as well, earlier this season. So there are some signs of life, but the comments that we heard from him yesterday, even to Todd Lewis, didn't suggest a man who's particularly confident in his game, talking about trying to hit a, hit a cut and then the ball starts to draw yeah. on you, and that doesn't really breed confidence. And Todd joins us once again. You spoke to, to Victor. I was struck by the conversation you had, T. Lou, about kind of balancing frustration versus motivation. Where do you find Victor Hovland at this point at the age of 25? Well, he's not as frustrated as he was in the summer. And again, to get back to what Eamon was talking about, he naturally hits a fade. That's been his stock shot, but he tried to broaden his game and incorporate a little bit more of a draw into his game, work the ball from right to left more. And suddenly that stock go-to fade wasn't quite there as often as it was before. So I think that's the stem of this confidence issue that he has but talking to him yesterday he sees he seems to be not searching he understands what the issue is is now just a matter of getting the muscle memory back uh, I actually have been impressed with him over the last few months even though he hasn't been playing well as Eamon said he doesn't seem frustrated he seems like it's just a matter of time before he'll be back hitting the ball the way he was at the beginning of the year
Yeah, T5 at Zozo, T10 at Mayakoba. I mean, we all struggle as mightily as Victor Hovind. Tees off at 12.39 p.m. Eastern time alongside Colin Morikawa, those members of the class of 2019. Golf Central pregame at noon. Golf today, back after this. Back in 2018, John Rahm teed it up in his first Hero World Challenge, and it was a pretty impressive debut. He fired a final round 65 to become the first Spaniard to win the event. Rahm won by four strokes over Tony Finau. Yes, he did. How about the odds for this week? Rahm currently the favorite to take home another Hero title. He won in 2018. He has a second-place finish as well. There you see him right there atop the list at plus 500. Here's Rahm earlier this week reflecting on his year. Listen, it's not a bad year. I've won three times worldwide, and my percentage of top tens has stayed close to 50%. So I guess compared to my last few years, you can categorize it as bad, but it really isn't, right? Uh, and I would have had to play a heck of a year to maintain the number one with the way some other players have played. And it is what it is. I mean, it's not easy to get there. Is it a bad year? No. Uh, could it have been better? Yes. And I think the only thing I would be thinking about to be better is my major championship performances being better. I made the cuts, yes, but in three of them I was non-existent in the weekend, and I really don't like that. So to be in contention on those Sundays is where you want to be and competing for wins. It's not easy to win them, but uh, kind of like I did last year. Right, last year I was I was up there in all of them. So I will, you know, that'll be the one thing, the one negative from the year that I'll be thinking of. And John Rom tees off at 12.17 p.m. Eastern time alongside Xander Shoffley. You know, Eamon, I covered Seve Ballesteros one time. That was at the 2002 Masters. And I hear John Rom speak, and I hear echoes of Seve a little bit, of that sensitivity that he has at the Masters, saying, oh, well, JT gets all of Tiger's secrets. Don't ask me, you know, the Tour Championship. 20 starts. What do you mean 20 starts? You know, I guess Rory McIlroy is making the decisions. And then this week, you know, talking about uh, you know, the live golf. Hey, you know, it's been good good for golf, and I've had a good year. I've won three times. He's just, there's a little bit of a sensitivity to him, and I don't know if it's to, to put that chip on his shoulder, a little motivation. Do you sense what I'm sensing here? A little bit of that. I think he's got a perception problem here because no one's telling John Ram really he's had a bad year. John's telling them he hasn't had a bad year. Mm. He's responding to a criticism that hasn't really been leveled because he has won three times. But the reason that perception, in a way, is out there, particularly for Ram, he just hit on it there, is in in the biggest events, he's kind of been AWOL. You know, he, he showed up as a player, wasn't in the top 50. The Masters, he was 27th. Barely made the top 50 at the PGA. The US Open, he was 12th, his best finish by a mile. The Open Championship, he finished 34th. He was top 10 in all of those events last year. Those are the events that really define seasons. We just heard Justin Thomas talk about that and echoing Tiger Woods, that your year is determined in terms of its quality at, at that level and with this level of expectation these guys have by those events. And John Ram hasn't been there in those events. He said he was non-existent on the weekend. Mm. And then, so that's the perception that John Ram has had a bad year is in John Ram's head. Mm. I don't necessarily think that other people who are going to look at John Ram's resume this year, I mean, a dozen top tens in 23 starts yeah. and three victories around the world. That's a career year for a lot of people. Yeah, and those major championships that you speak of are also where short games 
get exposed. His short game this past season was not where it was in previous seasons. He went from 42nd in 2021 to 143rd in strokes gained around the green. Those most difficult questions are asked at major championships. Of late, we're starting to see the game come together. Two wins in his last three starts, Open to España, DP World Tour Championship. Whatever was niggling him, bothering him, seems to have been put to the side, and we're starting to see the disparity become less and less with his game. Yeah, and there is no strokes gained parenthood metric, but if there was, <laughs> it might have spiked as well this year since he did add a second child to a young family. So there are a lot of distractions, a lot of mitigating factors in John Rahm's world this year. Not that he has at any point cited that as a reason for any kind of mild fall-off in results. But what fall-off there has been has been very minor. He yeah. just hasn't performed in the biggest events that he wants to perform in most. Yeah, we have 20 of the best players in the world this week, 17 of the top 25 on the same stage. What are you most looking forward to as this round one is underway? So now we can actually talk about numbers that matter. You know, we're not talking about numbers in bank accounts or world golf ranking points or legal bills. We actually talk about the only number that matter in this game. That's the one they're going to sign on scorecards yeah. today. Looking forward to the Texans. Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler together, seeing if Jordan Spieth can bring back that old magic from 2014 when he won by 10 shots at Alworth. That's a high bar. It's been fun, buddy.